Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, everybody. Good afternoon. We wrap up the week here on Listen Up. Hope that you are doing well. It's always great to have you aboard. We can uh, go in any direction that you want today. Short week because of the holiday on Monday. Uh, you know, I did a rant on this uh, NBA Summer League. I, I can't believe the way they hype these games. I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. I mean, you saw uh, Jabari Smith and uh, Paulo Bancaro, you know, the number one and number three picks in the draft. Bancaro one, Smith three. And you would have thought that Luol Cinder was going against Elvin Hayes for crying out loud. It's absolutely uh, amazing to me. And, you know, listen, I understand it's a big deal for the NBA. I'm not saying that, you know, they shouldn't market their games. But to me, it's getting a little ridiculous. I mean, it really is. You know, it's summer league for crying out loud. And uh, just way overboard, in my opinion. The uh, Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard, how about this? Extend his contract two years. $122 million. Hmm. Not bad, huh? Two-year extension, $122 million. You talk about Damian Lillard and uh, what he has meant uh, to that franchise. And I've liked, I really have, I've really liked some of the moves that the Blazers have made this offseason. You know, I'm not saying they're going to be a championship team, but I believe they are a playoff team looking at their roster right now, okay? And at the very least, they're a top 10 team in the West, okay? So I think I like what they've done getting Jeremy Grant, draft pick you never know about. I think getting Gary Payton was an excellent pickup for them. and. I just I like what they've done this offseason. You know, again, as far as Sharp goes with their draft pick, you have to just wait and see. But I like what they've done. I think they've had a very good offseason. Of course, with Damian Lillard and, you know, all teams, we're talking about health. So, you know, we'll see how that turns out. All right. If you want to get in on the show today, uh, raise your hand. Hit your hand icon and we'll do it. I had a good podcast today uh, with uh, Ryan. and. Ryan in Sacktown, and I hope you had a chance to listen to that podcast today. We got into, you know, a lot of different things. I enjoyed the discussion. And as I said yesterday, uh, I enjoy having interaction with aspiring broadcasters, uh, people that I think have a chance to uh, succeed in the medium. And I've always tried my entire career uh, to help out those that you know, are interested in, in broadcasting. I think I have a lot to uh, provide in terms of my experience. You know, I've been blessed to really do a lot. You know, I've been blessed to announce the NFL, the NHL, uh, the NBA. You know, I had that great experience working at ESPN for several months back in the late 90s, you know, filling in for Jim Rome. So, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities that really have meant a lot to me. And along the way, you learn, and I'm still learning as you uh, move on. I've had to learn a whole new, I guess, different type of broadcasting, which is what I'm doing now right here on Listen App and my podcast and, 
you know, no filter network. So, you know, you keep on learning. You know, it's part of life. You learn. You know, you try to pick up new information as you go along. You try to always, you know, become better at what you're doing. You know, I don't think it's any different than being an athlete. I don't I don't care how long you played. I mean, look at Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady won a Super Bowl two seasons ago. You know, he's always trying to get better. You would think, wait a minute, there's no way he can get better. Well, you know, he's trying. You know, you're always trying to figure out different ways to achieve success and get better at what you do. So I uh, really enjoyed that podcast today uh, with Ryan. All right, why don't we get to uh, some phone calls? We certainly have a lot of people that we want to get in on today. All right, why don't we start off the show with uh, Rich here on Listen App as we get you ready for the weekend. Hey, Rich. Hey, hey, Grant. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm going to try this again. We've had some hard times connecting, but uh, I'm plugged in. I've got my earphones now instead of my AirPods, good. and maybe that was a problem um, that we've had in the past. But I did listen to your program with Ryan this morning, and it was it was amazing. It was really good, and it really hit home with me, too, because I've got a my I come from a family of seven. My oldest sister is in a, in a, in a care home, and so I kind of related to some of the stuff that you talked about with your sister and such. And uh, and the thing that was really cool is my sister of all of all seven of us remembers everybody and even my grandkids' birthdays. So <laughs> it's an cool. amazing. That's an amazing. <laughs> you know, and, and, and yeah. first of all, I'm really happy that you uh, and I are able to talk without any interruption because I've always uh, you know liked what you had to say. But I'm really glad that. You know, you enjoyed that podcast. I enjoyed it too. You know, I haven't really talked about my sister that much. I don't really, you know, I've been one thing throughout my career on the radio. I've always tried to keep, you know, my personal life personal for the most part. I've right. always tried to stay away from politics. I've always tried to stay away from, you know, sexuality, religion. You know, I've always right. tried to just focus in on what I'm doing. But, you know, the podcast right. allows me a different direction to go in. So I'm very happy that you uh, were able to listen to the podcast right. with Brian today. So. I want to I want to ask you one thing real quick here, and this, it might give me a, just a tad bit of advice. And I want you can kind of understand a little bit of where I've been from, uh, you know, from Sacramento to coming here. Because I used to, I did, I used to do arena announcing for uh, Kennedy High School. In fact, I got on board with that. Scott Moak, it was a position that he had had, and then he had actually when he went on with the Kings. I, you know, Tim Sheehan. Do you remember Tim Sheehan? The, yep. The, Yep. For, he was on with the Kings for so many years. Sure, he was a school absolutely. teacher. Yeah, he was a school teacher, one of my favorite guys at my high school in Sacramento, Mariloma. And and he had always told me, he says, Rich, you would. Wow, I just lost Rich again. I can't believe it. Rich, I, I cannot believe the luck that you and I have. And as far as Tim Sheen goes, yeah. one of the all-time great guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, but anyway, you broke up for a little bit, but go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought there, Rich. Yep. I'm losing you again. I'll put you back in the audience. Rich, thanks very much. I would just say this. Uh, Tim Sheehan is one of the great individuals that I ever met while doing the Kings games and so many great people that I met. Thanks, Rich. Good hearing from me. You have yourself a fabulous weekend. And uh, we will now move on to some other calls and Al. Hey, Al, welcome to the show today. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. You got any plans for the weekend? No, not really. Nothing, uh, not not too much. But uh, no. it's good to have you on the show. What can I do for you? Yeah, well, I just wanted to see, you know, pitch in. I haven't talked to you in a while. As I told you, the last time I caught, talked to you, I was on a road trip. I was driving around my trailer with my wife and some family from Chicago. So I'm always tweaking them. They're all Blackhawk fans. And I'm like, well, you know, you're going to have to change your name because it's very offensive. They get really hot. They start defending the whole <laughs> the, 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 the story behind the Blackhawk and how they, oh, man, you want to start a, a family war, man. I said, well, no, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm just adding, to, I think it's offensive and just wait. You're going to be to Cleveland, some, or Chicago, something else. And, oh, no, they're not having any of that. But uh, love the pro podcast with, with Ryan. and. Uh, you know, you've spoken to your inter You've had some interns like Larry. Man, when I when I watch your your YouTube, Larry Larry's looking. You know, he's like almost like 
you can see the appreciation on his face when he's when he's talking to you. And sometimes his producer will get on, and he just really it's just to help somebody in their career to mentor them as an intern because you went through it, you worked your way up, and then you yep. extended your courtesy and graciousness. And I love the stories that you tell about you know Larry. You've had a couple of interns be very successful and. And how, you know, Chick Hearn, when you were first in the business, I think the first time you did a game, he came over and introduced himself to you. And I'm, if I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm trying to remember. And you're like, wow, you know, like, Chick, I think I know who you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, those are great stories. No, amazing. Yeah. Uh, yep, is Ryan, does, Ryan, does Ryan have a podcast going right now? He's still trying, trying to get his foot in the door. Uh, he is. No, he's doing. Uh, he's going to have. Uh, available. He's doing something on Twitter right now, which is broadcast. I was on the show actually, and oh, okay. he kind of got yeah. And uh, he's branching out, and he's going to be available on a couple of different uh, platforms, including a uh, Buzzsprout, which I'll talk about a little bit more. And you know, we got into that a little bit uh, on the podcast, but he's kind of in the yeah, infancy okay. of what he's doing right now, and he he's going to be. You'll, you'll be hearing a lot of him, I think, in the near future. Okay, yeah, I must have missed that because I was just wondering what, what uh, venues he was going to be on. Because, you know, what I like about Rich is when he calls in, I mean, uh, Ryan, when he calls in, he he's like you with Jerry. Like, he 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 pumps that in, that well of, of uh, bottomless well of information that you have as far as stories, your experience, your stories. I mean, you are, a, you are like a... a, a unlimited well of uh of information and uh so i think he does a real good job on that i just wanted to say real quick you know as far as my sister i have a sister who's been mentally ill for years and i don't know if you ever saw this there's these twin ladies they're twins and dateline i mean uh, i'm sorry 60 minutes to uh they're 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 like they can remember what what they had to eat no matter what how many years you go back and the day you go back, they can remember exactly what they had for breakfast. They'll tell you the whole, the, the main, you know, everything. It's just, it was phenomenal. Like a, it was a 60 minutes episode. So it was just phenomenal. You know what that is? Uh, I didn't see that, but the brain is an amazing, uh, it's just an amazing organ. It's just, a, it's incredible. And people with different ailments and different disabilities, uh, have some amazing talents yeah. where you would just be shocked. My sister and her memory as it relates to birthdays and songs on the radio, uh, it's always amazed us. Uh, it's just one of the most amazing. I, I, well, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's even hard to put in the words. No, it is. And if you can't Google it, uh, twin sisters, uh, you know, aut autistic twin okay. sisters, and 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 just I want to say real quick I loved your rant where it wasn't really a rant but you tell that that nice story about the young man and his dad he's wearing the Vince Carter yep. throwback jersey I wanted to throw out a nice memory and then I'll let you go for other callers I'm watching the it was the playoffs and the Trailblazers were down two games to none Maurice Cheeks is their coach there's a, they, there's a young girl she's 13. And she's going to sing the national anthem. And she started all of a sudden started struggling and freezing up. She just got yep. overwhelmed with the moment. And Maurice Cheeks, maybe you remember this. Because I was actually watching I remember that, watched. of course. Absolutely. Walked over and started singing with her. And then the entire crowd started singing. It was a, you know, it was a spectacular moment. You know, Nate, and that's where I loved how when you had that, that rant, like just tr throw some pos positivity on it. That's that's the that was such a beautiful moment. I was watching that game because me and my wife's tradition during the playoffs years ago was we would put the games on every night. There was a game on, and we would play the games, and it would, didn't matter who was playing. You know, was the Warriors or the Kings? But you know, that was just that moment. And Jason Williams, just as I let you go, I remember his wife saying the neighborhood kids would knock on the door and ask if Jason could come out and play, and he always. Yeah accommodated the kids he always went out yes. and played maybe, no matter it was saturday morning maybe wants to sleep in he was just a, so good with with kids and maurice yes, che maurice cheek story i we need more of that and uh to, to anyone saying that, that you focus on positivity go listen to the chris carino 
a podcast, and you'll hear some real inspirational stuff. So I'll just let you go. Um, Thank take, you. take care, buddy. I always love talking to you and hearing the feedback and good stuff with Ryan. And have a nice weekend. Have a great weekend yourself. Good hearing from you, Al. Good stuff. Yeah, that scene with Mo Cheeks was uh, amazing. It was great. It's a, a fabulous, fabulous moment. Uh, again, if you want to come on the program today, hit your hand icon, uh, and we will be happy uh, to do this. I'm very happy that so many people are responding to the uh, podcast today. I really enjoyed that conversation uh, that we had with Ryan. If not, you can check it out uh, on your favorite podcast platform, or you can also just go to if you don't like that.com. I put uh, everything up on that website and really have enjoyed growing this brand in terms of all the different things that I'm able to do now. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot more coming, hopefully, around the corner as uh, we continue to work. But if you go to if you don't like that.com, if you don't like that.com, I've got my latest podcast, you've got the Listen App shows, you have uh, everything. Uh, pretty much that I am doing by just going to one simple website, okay? And I have all my links on there to my Twitter page, to my YouTube channel. So everything is right there, all right? It's all in one place. If you scroll down, you got my Facebook. You've got, uh, again, everything that you need. Spotify, you've got YouTube. It's right there for you. Very simple to do. All right, well, let's get to uh, some more phone calls on this Friday. And uh, here on Listen Up, we welcome Jerry to the show. Hey, Jerry, how are you? Hey, Grant. Happy Friday, my friend. Same to you, Jerry. Hey, Grant, the podcast this morning with Ryan, you know, dude, I mean, that man is going to go places. He is very, very talented. And you, uh, like you said this morning, that you were one of his mentors. And uh, uh, I mean, I mean, Grant, just the type of person that you that you are, because I've been listening to you, Grant, for many, many, many years, and uh, and the kind of hearted person that you are, and 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 that you want people to succeed in life, and you know, it's just a shame how 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 the way Bonneville, the way they did you, Grant, and it's, I mean, you know, I still can't comprehend uh uh what they did to you and and it was just wrong my friend it was just wrong you know what everyone knows grant napier you know you're sacramento man you're you're sacramento well i appreciate that uh that's why i filed a lawsuit i mean because um you know it's just it's still hard to believe when i look back on saying all lives matter every single one and you know not only did bonneville uh, fire me, they put out a very damaging statement uh, about my termination. And it was just, it was just wrong. You know what they did? They panicked and they know they panicked. We know they panicked and they used me as a sacrificial lamb to pretty much try to isolate, not isolate, insulate themselves from any uh, drawback from Black Lives Matter. And they used me as an example. Oh no, where we support Black Lives Matter. We just fired Grant Napier because he said all lives matter. See, we're on board with you, Black Lives Matter. And quite frankly, Bonneville's record uh, as it relates to minority hiring and their history, uh, I could go on and on and we'll prove that in the court in a you know in court. But uh, it's, it's really it's it's sad. It's just awful. But they used me as basically a sacrificial lamb to say, look at us. See, we we're we're we we're all all on board with Black Lives Matter. We just fired a guy that had been with the company uh, in Sacramento for 26 years because he said all lives matter. See, look at us. You can't you can't attack us, Black Lives Matter, because we're on your side. We support you 100 percent Look at we just fired Grant Napier. So I was a sacrificial lamb, and that's what it basically boiled down to. Grant, let me ask you something. Uh, was this done? Was this done on a Sunday night, or was it done on a Friday night uh, when you said that? I made I made the tweet uh, on Sunday night, okay. May thirty first, and was uh, fired less than forty eight hours later on June second. Do you think, Grant, if you would have said this on Friday, uh, they would have had the whole weekend to think about what they're going to do? You think things would have played out differently? 
I'm not going to speak for them. I really don't know. Um, I, I would have no way of knowing what they may or may not have done. What I do know, and I firmly believe this 100%, if they had let me go on the air that Monday when right. I was preparing to go on the air and they told me that I was on administrative leave at 2.40 in the afternoon, everything 20 minutes before fine. my show, everything would have been fine. You yeah. know, every I've navigated my way through all kinds of situations on the radio. And if people had just heard me speak from the heart, like I always speak, I believe that I would have been fine. I believe that we would have been able to calm the waters. And I believe that I'd still be there doing what I've done for most of my adult life. And Grant, uh, one more thing, sir, before I let you go. Um, so, you know, what your knowledge of sports, Grant, uh, like when you were doing your show in Sacramento, uh, did you ever go on online when you were on with callers to find out what they're talking about or get more info? Did you ever do that? Sometimes, but not a lot. Sometimes. Um, wow. wow. You, you know, most of the time, no. Most of the time, I did not use anything in front of me to embellish what we were talking about. Uh, if if it was a subject that I was not as well versed on uh, because it was a, just a, uh, a topic from left field, maybe would quickly go on the Internet to get more information. But no, most most everything I do is completely spontaneous and just off the cuff. I'm one of the few people and I'm, I don't listen. Everyone's different. So I don't have any problem with people that spend hours and hours preparing for every game with every little thing written down or every, right. that's fine. I, I don't have any problem with uh, one of my colleagues, Carmichael Dave, his show is formatted segment by segment by segment for the entire show. All right. He knows if he's on at six fifteen in the morning, he knows what he's going to be talking about at eight 30. I've, I've never done a show like that other than knowing if I'm going to have a guest on that I can promote. You know, if I walked into the studio at three and I know that I'm having Charles Davis on from CBS at five o'clock, well, I can promote that, but nothing else of the show was formatted. I don't believe in formatted shows. I believe in having an idea of what you're going to talk about. But for instance, you know, the show today, you know, we've spent now 20 minutes and I've spent more about disabled people, autism, things of the, you know, yeah. autistic people. I mean, I didn't know what we were going to be talking about today. You right. never really know what direction the show is going to go in. And I've always let my audience dictate the direction that they wanted the show to go. For the most part, I would do an opening monologue. I would talk for 10 or 15 minutes throughout things that I thought was important. You know, sometimes it would be self-explanatory. You know, if the Kings were in the playoffs or, you know, DeMarcus Cousins had just gotten suspended again, or there was a phenomenal uh, performance in a game the night before by a member of the Kings, I pretty much knew that that was going to be the main topic of the show. But sometimes, even though you thought that's where the show was going to be heading, you get a call from an individual that takes you down a completely different road, <laughs> and that's the rest of the show. And so I always believed in a show being spontaneous. I always believed in letting the callers dictate where we're going. Something else I did that is not very common now. I believe in a call-driven show. Chris Russo and I have talked about this for years. Chris is the same as I am. Maybe we're old-fashioned. Chris believes in having a show that is based on interaction from his calls. I believe that if I'm going to be on the radio every day and I'm going to be talking to thousands of people, why would I not that why would I not let them come on and let us bounce things back and forth, get into a debate? You know, like Ryan's great. You know, Ryan disagrees with me. So, like we just had a big right, disagreement right. on Saquon Barkley. <laughs> we had a big disagreement the other day on Saquon Barkley. I disagree with him. But you see, to me, if I'm in the car and I'm listening to sports talk radio, I like that. That's what I like. I, I love listening to Chris Russo because he takes phone calls. And I like to hear what people have to say. Most radio executives, most people today in the medium that we do, which is broadcasting, say, you need to do less calls. More calls is bad for your show. And I used to tell people, I'm like, really, if it's bad for my show, how come I've been doing my show for 25 years? Okay, right. How come I've been so successful? I said, and I used to have these new upstart, quote unquote, radio executives tell me, you know, you can't take that many calls. And I would say, yeah, I am taking that many calls. And if you don't like it, you can hire somebody else to do the show. That's how I do my show. 
don't try to change how I do my show. That's my bread and butter. That's what I believe in. And if you don't want to go in that direction, then you need to hire somebody else. That's that that's and the conversation would end. They were like, okay, you know, that's what I believe in. But Grant, why would they even tell you that when they can see the ratings themselves? You know, obviously something's working. You've been, you know, you're on the air for many, many decades. I mean, think about that. I mean, why would they even try to change that? Why? Because they all think they can reinvent the wheel and they all go to these broadcasting <laughs> conventions and they, they listen to these quote unquote consultants tell them what works and wasn't what doesn't work in radio. And well, they all think that they they all think that they're the expert because they went and listened to a bunch of broadcasting consultants tell them how you get ratings. First of all, you keep on mentioning ratings. I will interrupt you and tell you that I never concern myself with ratings. I never ever concern myself with ratings. You know what I concern myself with? Revenue. How much revenue was I bringing to the radio station based on sponsorships, endorsements, et cetera? Okay. Ratings to me are great, but I, be, I, I always looked at, is my show sold out? How are we doing with sales? I would always talk with my account executives at the radio station. How are we doing? Can we do this? Can we do that? They would come to me. Hey, are there any uh, areas that we can go in that you've never done before in terms of certain categories? And I was like, yeah, let's go to this category. Let's try to get this business from this category. We have room. We can do that. So yeah, ratings are important. And I'm not saying they're not. But I always right. thought that ratings are in a market like Sacramento, where I had the longevity, I always wanted to know about how much revenue was my show bringing in based on sponsorships. Because even if your ratings for a period of time were not good, and understand that radio ratings are very unreliable because they're done on meters. So let's right. just say, Jerry, I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you love listening to me, okay? But let's say, and again, I don't know anything about your background, so I'm gonna just use this as an example. You have a meter and there's only a couple of hundred in the entire market and right. you wanna to listen to me and you listen to me every day religiously at three o'clock and all of a sudden you get a call and your wife says, I need you to pick me up and we need to go here and you get in the car at five o'clock and you have my show on and your wife doesn't like listening to sports talk radio and she goes, I can't listen to this, put music on and you flip music on. Well, all of a sudden, my rating stops and the station that you're going to. All right, let's give you another example. Let's say you walk into a department store or a grocery store or any type of work place, any type, an office, the dentist, the doctor, and they have music playing. And let's just say it happens to be from a local radio station. Well, you don't listen to that. It just happens to be now all of a sudden that's being registered on your meter. And right. so radio ratings are extremely unreliable and when we went from what they call a blue book which was a diary which would people would get and they would fill out when we changed and went to a quote unquote people a person people meter or whatever the hell it was called ppms or what they called right ratings changed and talk radio ratings suffered because of the rating change and i never really started paying that much i i stopped paying attention to ratings after a while and focused on the revenue. So I know I kind of went off on a tangent here. Oh, no, no, that's okay. I wanted to explain to you. Yeah. Grant, my, uh, well, you know what? It's funny you say that because I have uh, driven home with my wife sometimes. I have your show on, used to in Sacramento, and uh, and she would be like, uh, Can we change this? I, so why, babe? She's like, You know, this guy, Grant, you know, this guy's rude. Uh, I mean, he's rude to, to his colleagues. <laughs> and then, like, when I tell her, I said, Honey, listen, well, if you didn't have dumb shits calling in, Grant, Grant would not be like that with them. <laughs> oh man, that's oh, very God, funny. That's oh man, that's great stuff. Jerry, our, you have a great our, weekend. Great, you the same, buddy. All right, but take it Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That is hilarious. Oh, my God. Speaking of Ryan, he's going to chime in right now, and uh, we chat with him on this Friday. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Doing well. How you doing, Grant? I'm good, buddy. Doing good. Long time no talk. Yeah, it has been a while. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, it has. Um, hey, you know, I wanted to call up and thank you, number one, for the opportunity to come on your podcast. It, it, it was a great conversation. I want to thank everybody that listened to it and is providing feedback. It's been positive. Please give the negative feedback as well, because it only makes you better. But, you know, I'm certainly trying to start my career as you've been a great mentor and uh, really helping me out with that. But I think the more important thing, and you've touched on this a few times, is you sharing your story about your sister and me sharing my story about my son. And autism, mental health, disability, um, that's, that's a big thing that a lot of people are dealing with. And it's been amazing to me today to hear all the people that have spoken out about something they may be dealing with with a loved one, um, somebody in their family. And that's what's most important. So hopefully, and it seems like it has, it's made a difference to somebody and it's opened up a conversation. So, um, Grant, thank you so much for the opportunity. And uh, I'm going to get out, have a great weekend. And we, thank well, you. not weekend, but uh, <laughs> uh, we will talk soon. Okay. Appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks very much. You do the same. Yeah. I mean, you know, my mom, she wrote a book, you know, uh, I believe it was published in, I think, 1974 called Brainchild. It was a mother's diary. And, you know, I mean, think about this. Harper and Rowe was the publisher. They're big time, big time. Yeah, I, I don't know about now, but they were the, Harper and Rowe was huge. And um, it chronicled basically <laughs> my entire family's life growing up with my sister Jane. And I don't even remember who reached out to my mother uh, to write that book, but uh, it was a, it was a, you know, again, it was a, I was young. Uh, it was a very atypical childhood from that sense. And I would tell you, I very rarely had friends in my house. Uh, I always went to my friend's house because we would always have volunteers around the clock from my neighborhood working with my sister in the house. And we we lived in a very small house. And so I would, now we would be playing football in the front yard or we would be playing kickball or whatever, stickball or whatever out in the street. But for the most part, I was always at my, Matter of fact, Chris Russo, I was at Chris's house almost every day. Chris had a phenomenal, long, wide backyard. And it was perfect for, you know, our pickup football games. And we played two-on-two a lot all the time. I mean, Chris and I used to play two-on-two football, which was so much fun. I mean, it was – we had the most amazing games as kids growing up. But uh, I was, and then we, he had a great basement. I didn't have a basement. And in New York and the East Coast, basements were very popular. And we used to go down and play, uh, you know, street hockey down in his basement. And it was fabulous. We had a great time. So I was always over at my friends' houses a lot more than they were over at my house. As a matter of fact, I very rarely had my friends over my house. And if it, excuse me, 
if it if they were over, they were it was on weekend because I believe my sister's therapy for the most part was Monday through Friday and on Saturdays, but not on Sundays. So you know, it's just we everyone grows up differently. Uh, you know, everyone's got issues. There are uh, people that have children that are born with different ailments, whether you're born with a disease or Down syndrome or, you know, in my case, my sister was born brain damaged. She was born brain damaged. And she, from day one, I shouldn't say from day one, it took a while before my parents realized that my sister was different. And it wasn't until we were blessed to get into the uh, Institute for Human Potential in Philadelphia, which was a renowned, renowned place in Philadelphia. It was so hard uh, to get in. I'll never forget when we got accepted to bring my sister there and the euphoria for both my mom and dad, because let me tell you, I mean, now think about this as difficult as it is to have a loved one born with any disability, whatever the case may be, there's so much information at your disposal right now. And it is, I mean, you can get on the internet. When my sister was born in 1962, and you're thinking, gee, you know, there's just something to look. My parents were like, eh, you know, it's just different than Stuart and Grant. And where do you go to get help? You know, if your your primary care physician, they have never seen anyone like my sister before. But when they got into the Institute for Human Potential in Philadelphia, that's what they dealt with. I'll never forget as a young boy going to the Institute for Human Potential in Philadelphia with my parents and Jane. And when you walked in to their rather large facility and you looked around the room and you were like, wow, it was an eye opening experience for someone that was young to see how many people were like my sister who had the same type of disabilities. And it was just, wow. It was like a whole nother world open. But I remember talking with the doctors in that, that incredible facility in Philadelphia. And they were amazing. And they were blunt. They were, they were able to tell you what was possible and what, for the most part, was not possible. And what was going to happen and what was not going to happen. You know, it took my sister, I don't know, 10 years of doing round-the-clock therapy before she could even walk across the room. So, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, we all deal, we all deal with uh, different things. And there are people that are born perfectly healthy and are perfectly healthy. And then, boom, they don't feel good one day and they go to the doctor and they're diagnosed with cancer. I mean, I relay the story about Paul Westfall. Paul was still very much in the prime of his life in his late 60s. Paul was having a great life. Paul was doing what he wanted to do. He was enjoying retirement. And all of a sudden, he gets a headache. And the next thing you know, he's gone in six months. So there's uh, nothing but challenges, as we all know in life. It's up and down. And, you know, I look at what my situation is. And Jerry brought this up. Yeah, you know what Bonneville did to me was wrong. I think they know what they did to me was wrong. But, you know, I'm not dying. Or at least today I'm not. I'm not planning on it. As of today, I'm healthy. I think I may not be healthy tomorrow. But as of right now at, you know, 537 Pacific time, I have my health. I've always said this. If you have your health, you have everything. Okay. And if you really don't understand that, go walk into the Shriners Hospital in downtown Sacramento or volunteer at a homeless shelter or what have you. Okay. Okay. Or walk into a cancer ward at UC Davis Medical Center, which I went through the whole, the whole 
experience of dealing with a malignancy in my body and going to UC Davis Cancer Center in the late 90s. And I'll never forget this. They told me I was going to be in the hospital after my surgery for a week. And I had my surgery on a Friday. And I was back home Sunday afternoon. And I couldn't go in to do my radio show. And I'll never forget this. This was 1996. And I said, you need to figure out a way for me to do my show from home. And I did my show from home. I was like, I'm not missing a couple of weeks. So let's figure this out. I'm not missing work. You know, I didn't, I didn't believe in missing work. Like that's not how I was raised. I missed one Kings game in 32 years. And it was because I couldn't get to the game in Phoenix of all places. I rarely, rarely took days off from work. Like I rarely would call up sick. If I was calling up sick, it's because I was sick. And knock on wood, I didn't get sick very often. So, you know, I wasn't off work for a week or two weeks. Or if I was sick, if I, I, if I got strep throat and I couldn't speak, you know, I, I was doing everything in my power to make sure my antibiotics were in my system. And the second that I could speak clearly, well, I still can't speak clearly. But the second that I could speak where you could hear me, I was back at work. I always believed in working. I always believed in working. And if I ever took time off, uh, it was for a vacation. I do believe in taking vacations. I believe in your mind. If you're, if you're able to break away, and that's why I love traveling as much as I do. And that's why I love leaving the country. Because when I leave the country, nobody knows me. And as great as it is, and we've talked about this, and I've been very open, and Ryan and I talked about this on my podcast today about people coming up to you when you're at dinner or we talked about being a public figure. We talked about, you know, the responsibilities that you have. Listen, if I'm going to be the TV voice of the Sacramento Kings and have a radio show that was as popular as mine, and I expect that I'm going to go out to the grocery store or I'm going to go out to lunch with my wife or I'm going to walk down the street or I'm going to walk through a shopping mall at the Roseville Galleria, and I'm not going to have people stop me. I'm not going to have people recognize me. I'm not going to have people look at me. I'm not going to have people come up and go, hey, can I take your picture? If that's going to bother me, then stay in your freaking house. Don't go outside. I mean, that's part of the territory that you sign up for. That's part of being in the public eye. If you don't want to be in the public eye, then don't go outside. Stay indoors. Okay? Don't do it. But it was nice to get a break sometimes. That's why I love traveling as much as I did. So that's how I always looked at that. I know not everybody's like that, by the way. Some people in the public eye are extremely bothered when you go up to them. Well, I'm first of all, I'm not on the magnitude of some of the people that I'm referring to. I honestly do not know what it would be like to be, let's say, Tiger Woods or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. But I find it fascinating that a couple months ago, Tom Brady was in New York and got on one of those bikes that you can just, a city bike, put a helmet on and rode through all of New York City on his bicycle. Think about Tom Brady doing that. Just wanted to be a normal person. And he's like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving and I'm going to go out and do this. I thought that was such a, <clears throat> just great. I love hearing stories like that. But again, if you don't want to deal with the public, then don't go outside, stay indoors. I've never been like that. I've always enjoyed speaking with people. I've always enjoyed meeting people at Kings games. It's the best part of my job, to be honest. I always love talking with the fans. Always. I always tried to make time for the fans. And by the way, if you're one of those people that I said I can't right now, I would always say, but when can you? Like I would have people come up to me sometimes right before a telecast and they'd want to take a picture or want me to sign something. I'm like, sorry, I can't right now. But if you come down right after the game, I'll be happy to. I always said that to them. It was not like, I'm sorry, I can't, and goodbye. It was always like, I can't do it right now, but if you come down at this time, I'll be able to do it. Because think about this. Maybe somebody's got their son or daughter with them, right? And they got to the game late or what, ha what have you, or it took a while to get down to where I'm at. You know, the last thing you want to do is disappoint somebody. Like, I always tried very hard not to disappoint a fan. And I'm sure there were times where they probably thought that they were disappointed, but 
I always try to say, come down after the game, come down right after the game, come down right here, and I'll take care of you. I always try to do that. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls here on Listen App, and we say hello to Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How are, how are you today? I'm good, buddy. What's going on? That's an amazing story, and God bless you and your parents and your sister, your brother. That's probably where you got your empathetic spirit from going through all that and getting it definitely changes it definitely uh changes your outlook on life and your blessings in life it 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 really does change your i i I just had a very i had a very different upbringing with that environment uh in my house and oh yeah by the way growing up in the 60s and having a father who was a civil rights activist. So like I I had a, a really unique, I'll call it a unique upbringing. I'll just leave it at that. Right, right. You know, I have a daughter, I have a lot of kids. We, I've, uh, we have a blended family. I married uh, my second wife, had three, I have four daughters. We had a daughter together. We had 20 foster children through our church. But our well, daughter's Sammy, we were at a little league game one day watching our daughter and she tripped and fell. She was about four years old and she was bleeding on her knee and she was crying and really upset. And I, and I put her on my knee, you know, like you always say, shake it off. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Well, she was sitting on my knee and the lady looked, God, your daughter's bleeding a lot from her knee. And I said, what? So I pulled down her, her pants and Oh my God, her knee was just gashed bad. I mean, split like a watermelon so we took her to the er and they said oh we don't know if we can do something with this uh you know you're gonna need a specialist so we ended up driving all the way to chico got a specialist to sew her up and this and that well you know we went home she kind of healed up and then later uh, a few months later she split her head open what the heck she was just cutting and lo and behold she has this thing called ehlers danlos and uh basically it's a, your skin's like very uh very stretchy it's it's very it's just it's you cut easy it's called ehlers danlos she couldn't even learn to ride a bicycle when she was little and uh she stepped off a, wow. she stepped off a porch once and her ankle just split a bone came right out she twisted her ankle and boom her ankle just came right how uh, and um it's just i mean you like you said you just don't know you, you just don't right. know you like, never know you don't your kids are yep. born lucky i mean she's she's uh she's a um uh, she's traveled the world she's been to amsterdam she's been to um all over the um gosh what do i want to say oh now i'm tongue twisted because I'm so that's okay but I understand the premise of what it. you're saying she's traveled yeah. the world as a minister in ministry she's grown up in ministry she's uh you know she does she does that for people uh cat man where's where's cat man do tell me the country you know gosh you uh it's over in uh uh Himalayas where's where the Himalaya region is right it's where the Himalayas are right Yes. Well, so it's, you know, it's funny you just say that. I was in a, I was in a, uh, I'm going to interrupt you real quickly. I was in an Uber last month going to LaGuardia Airport and the driver, I asked her where she was from and she said Kathmandu. And we talked about growing up in that region of the world and the Himalayas and everything. But anyway, it was fascinating. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. We went there on a three, three month mission, uh, six month mission. And she, uh, she did, uh, we were rarely, oh my God, we were so stressed out about her traveling over there if she got hurt there'd be no you know doctors that knew how to treat her and but she had faith and she went over there and you know nothing happened thank god uh she got some kind of fever or something but she didn't fall down or anything she's like 26 now but okay anyway she she has to just deal with it she can't fall down she can't you know it just she can't have children and uh because it would just she would just probably understand bleed, bleed to death yeah uh, you know and uh but it's one of those things it's pretty traumatic like you're saying but yep. that, god thank god she's turned it into a positive and she's that's great to hear 
she hasn't blamed God about it. She's been positive about it, and she's gone to in a ministry, and she's the youth, she's a youth like leader and everything, and and stuff like that. But uh, let's talk about. Well, sports. I appreciate. Well, okay, let's talk about sports. Go ahead, Katmandu is in Nepal, by the way. I want yeah, to be so official about it. I, yeah, I was so, right, but, I was so stressed go, out talking okay. about it. I was so you know, like the, like Jerry asked me if I ever use the internet when I'm on, and I just use the internet. So there you go, Jerry. That's an example of me, you know, going, okay, exactly got, where I is Kathmandu? I know it's in the Himalayas, but I'm like, there's, I got to know the name of the country. All right, go ahead. Now it's your turn to talk sports. Go ahead. I got tears. I'm choked up. I got tears in my eyes talking about it. So I understand. You know, so stressful over the years, praying for yeah. her and everything. Else. I understand. Just, just the worry. And then, you know, she played the uh, little league for a while. And then we, she couldn't play sports the rest of her, you know, going through. You know, and I'm a I, sports freak. All my girls. Yeah, I got you. All my girls were soccer stars, have records, and they all yep. all star, all all stars. And I coached them, and I couldn't coach her, so you know, it was heartbreaking. And she wanted to play, and I take her golfing with me, and you know, but uh, she can't play sports. Well. You know, well, I really appreciate you sharing the story. It's always good hearing from you, and uh, I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you, Grant. Thank you. Take care, Jeff. Thank you very much for sharing that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Uh, why don't we get back to uh, Ryan real quickly here? I'll tell you what. We'll wrap up the show with Ryan since uh, he is the star of the day. Hello, Ryan. <laughs> I wouldn't say star. Uh, but, <laughs> um, hey, you, you you perked my ears a little bit when you're talking about being out in public and being a public figure. So what is the proper etiquette for a fan to approach a public figure or a player, in your opinion? Uh, I think the first thing you do is come up and introduce yourself instead of just running up to somebody and going, can I have this? Can I have that? I always, I always enjoyed people going, Hey Grant, uh, listen, I hate, I hate to bother you. My name is so-and-so. I was just wanting to know if I could get, uh, or if I could ask you something or if I can get a quick picture. And I would, you know, I always appreciated that approach. Okay. Rather than, uh, just coming up and Grant, can I get a picture? I, w- I always appreciated. Hey Grant, listen, I I really appreciate you. Or hey, I followed you, and my name is so and so, and I'd really like to know if I could ask you this. Or you know, I always appreciated that approach more. That's just me. Some people might be differently because after all, I'm no different than you or anyone else. I'm just a person like anyone else. So you know, don't approach me. I I always, and I've never understood this. And so this is me. Okay, I'm not. I'm I've never. I don't really consider myself. Like, because I'm on TV or because I was on radio, why I'm no different than my next door neighbor who's not on radio and not on TV. We do this. We go to work. Uh, you know, we get in our car. We drive to work. Um, you know, I go to the gym. I work out. I go swimming. I mean, I'm just a person. And just because I do my job in front of the public's eyes, I don't really feel like I should be treated any differently. So don't treat me differently because I'm on TV. Uh, just treat me like anyone else, you know, come up, introduce yourself. And I, I always appreciated that approach. Again, not everybody's the same. That's how I viewed it. You know, like I get embarrassed when someone says I'm a celebrity. No, no, no. I'm not a celebrity. I'm a public figure. And then we go, well, in Sacramento, you're a celebrity. That, that's embarrassing for me. The word celebrity for me 
is embarrassing. I've never really considered myself a celebrity. I consider my, you know, uh, you know, uh, Jack Nicholson is a celebrity, right? Sandra Bullock is a celebrity. I can go on and on. I mean, you could say Tom Brady is a celebrity. I'm, I'm not a celebrity. I'm a public figure. So I've always looked at myself that way. But again, I'm only speaking for me. I'm not speaking for anybody else. So are you uncomfortable or yes. is it? Okay. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. I mean, it... I'm actually uncomfortable with the entire spectacle of being a public figure when I'm out in public. And the reason for that is this. It's a great question. When you're out in public, you have people that look at you all the time. You can see when you're at dinner with your family or you're at a restaurant at lunch, whatever the case may be, you can see a table across the way letting everyone know, oh, wow, that's Grant Napier over there. And then you can, you can, you can hear a conversation or you can see them constantly looking at you and you know they're talking about you. And it's just, it's just, it's not comfortable when you are on stage all the time, if that makes sense. In other words, even in my private life, if I'm out in public, if I'm at the grocery store, which I used to love shopping, people would be looking at you from across the store or they would change their route and want to come up and, you know, pass you in the grocery store. It's just part of life. So when I say, is it comfortable? It's just like, you're, you, you're always, uh, same with my wife. She always used to talk about this. I mean, it's just always, um, I'll tell you what was very uncomfortable for me. And this happened all the time. I would be with my wife somewhere and I would have a person come up to me and they would be talking to me about last night's game or they, and they wouldn't even acknowledge my wife. And she would literally say to me, she'd go, you would think that I'm effing invisible next to you. And I've got like, you know, I could, she goes, I could be standing here naked next to you. And I still don't believe people would recognize me. She was funny that way. And I would go, it was unbelievable how many times somebody would come up to me, sometimes have a two, three, four minute conversation. And my wife would just be literally sitting there and they wouldn't even look at her. They wouldn't say, hi, how are you? Nothing. I mean, that happened all the time. I always found that to be kind of odd. You know, I always thought that if you're going to go up and talk to somebody and their wife or girlfriend or son are right next to them, wouldn't she just say, hi, how are you? You know how many times that didn't happen? I always thought that was very odd. So I don't disagree with you in terms of being a respectful person, but at the same time, I could see a fan coming up and talking to your wife, seeing that as being disrespectful. No, not to say hello. It's never disrespectful to be hello. It's never disrespectful to say, hi, how are you? It's never disrespectful. It's never ever disrespectful to acknowledge another person. I, I Grant, I agree with you, but there's so many athletes that if they're, you know, with their significant other, whoever they're dating, if you talk to them, you know, there's incidents that can happen or they feel like you're coming up to talk to them instead of the actual athletes. So I, I see both sides of it. You're right. It well, I would never go up. I would I, I would never go up to a celebrity and speak to their significant other before I spoke to them. I mean, I, I would never. I personally would never do that. But again, that's just me. I mean, if I'm going up to speak to a public figure or whatever, and they're with their wife, I'm not going to talk to their wife first. Would you do that? I would. uh, But again, I'm just speaking for me. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you, what's the, yeah, what's the, what's the line for you? Cause your workplace was the radio station. Your workplace was the arena. Did you treat anybody or did you draw a line between people coming up to you outside of the workplace versus people coming up to you in the workplace? No, 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 because, you know, think about the, the people that work at the arena, for example, I used to see them year after year after year, and they would always come up to me and we would always have conversations. And a lot of times it had nothing to do with the Kings. It was about my travel. They would hear me talk about airplanes or, you know, they would come up and they go, wow, I was just on this plane or what have you. So no, um, and many times I would, you know, sometimes I'm not, I'll tell you one, my, you know what my biggest weakness is? Names. 
Like someone can come up and they can tell me their name <laughs> and I completely will not remember their name the next time I see them. I'll remember their face. I'll remember what we talked about. I'll remember where we talked. I'm terrible with names. That's my biggest weakness in life. I'm horrible with names. I do not remember names. And it's something that I have always tried to get better at and I never have. It's my it's my biggest fault in life. I'm terrible when someone introduces themselves to me and two seconds later, I can't remember their name. I'm terrible with that. Well, Grant, that's the worst situation for all of us. <laughs> it happens to everybody for the most part. The problem is, you know, you're on the radio, you're on TV, everybody knows sure. your name. Um, but, you know, when you have somebody come up to you, if you're, you know, not a celebrity or a public figure and they know your name and you can't remember their name, it's so awkward. Sure. And you're like, uh, and the you, other part is the, yeah. And real quickly, the other part is when you're in a town like Sacramento, which is not a big city in that area, I would always literally every, Hey Grant, how you doing, man? And I would walk by and I'm like, now, do I know that person? Or are they just saying hello because they know me from the Kings and radio? Like that would happen all the time. Hey Grant, how you doing, man? Or Hey Grant, how are you? I'm like, good. How are you? And then I'd walk by or if I was with my son or my wife, I'm like, do I know that person? Like that would drive you crazy because then you'd be thinking, have I met that person or are they just saying hello? That happens all the time. And that's also, you know, you just say, hey, how are you doing today? How are you? Whatever. So it's all good. So respectfully, has it been refreshing being in a different city than Sacramento? It's been great. It's been great. It's been great being in Miami. Um, I'm just like anyone else. Nobody stops me. I don't. And the best part is when I meet somebody and we start talking, there is absolutely no preconceived preconceived notions about me because they heard me say this on the radio or they watched me and they heard me call someone a moron in the air or I got angry and called uh, this person uh, an idiot, hung up on them or what have you. We start from the ground floor and they know nothing about my background. They know nothing about me. And so I've really enjoyed that aspect of living in a different part of the country. I, I, because I forgot what it was like to be a private person because ever since I moved to Sacramento in 87, I've been on TV and I, I forgot what it was like. And I'm not going to lie to you. I like it. It's very, very nice. It's very nice. Sorry about that. That was a hundred pound dog barking in the background. Uh, I understand. <laughs> but no, I, I completely understand that because you, you get treated like a person again. Um, you know, there's almost like a, you know, not act, and there's again. Um, there's almost like an act that you have to put on, even if you're being a real person. You have to be ready for that if you're going out. Like, if I go yep. to the grocery store, nobody's going to stop me. I, I'm right. literally a no one. Um, yeah. But when you, you know, actually... I mean, even the, people, even the people that check me out at the checkout counter. You know, there's a guy that works at Raley's in Eldorado Hills. His name is Mike. I've seen Mike in El Dorado Hills at the Raley's for over 20 years. And we, when I go shopping, I always now try to go into his lane. Even if it's crowded, I always try to go see Mike because Mike's such a nice guy. He's a big A's fan and big sports fan. And, you know, he's, he's not – he's just a down-to-earth, friendly guy. And I always like to – and I, if I walked into the store and I saw him, i go, hey, Mike, how are you? You know, like I always like talking to people. I don't know why that's so difficult for some people. I've always enjoyed that. Uh, not surprising that you like talking to people. You've done it for a living for 20 yep. years. Yep. Well, listen, buddy, it's good hearing from you. Uh, thank you again for coming on the podcast. And uh, you have yourself a great weekend. You too, Grant. Thank you so much. Sorry for the dog in the background. It's all good, buddy. You take care. Bye-bye now. Good stuff right there. All right. Well, what would be a week and a Friday without talking to John, who is uh, freaking awesome? So, We'll bring John on now here on Listen App. John, how are you, my man? My man, how are you? I'm doing great, Grant. Can you hear me all right? I'm driving right yes. now. Usually, I'm not. Cool. It's okay. I'm driving on new tires too, by the way. <laughs> I love it. How are you, buddy? <laughs> man, I'm doing good. Hey, man, thanks for uh, telling me yesterday. I believe it was yesterday or earlier this week about Ryan and his podcast and listening to you guys shoot the shit this morning was freaking yep. great and it's a lot of you know i'll be honest i've been listening to you for a long time there's a handful of stories i've heard before and there's a handful i've never heard and a lot of times when you tell stories i've heard before you'll add a little something so it, it almost becomes a new story which is great yep. and ryan is ryan's gonna do great in this business and 
you know, that's all I wanted to do. I don't need to talk any sports. You know, I love my Kings. I'm glad they're doing well in the California Classic. But more than that, I like to see Keegan Murray looks like he's going to be a good player. Hey, adding Monk and especially Herder, I think we've got a solid starting five now. And have a great weekend, my friend. And what this has been a great day. And congratulations to Ryan as well. And hey, Ryan, your dog could eat. You could eat Paul's dog. <laughs> See you, John. Take it easy, buddy. <laughs> buddy. Oh, my God. All right. Good stuff right there. That is beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wait. What a great way to wrap up the week with John. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed this. So much fun. Love doing this show. Love interacting with you. Uh, pass the word along. What I do is uh, I post this show uh, every day on my uh, podcast platforms and on my website, if you don't like that, .com. And I get really amazing downloads when I post these shows. So uh, for those that can't listen live that are now listening uh, on a platform or on my website, I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening uh, as well. Make it a great weekend. Stay safe, everybody. Grant Napier saying so long. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.